Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, show where you get comics and you get sports. And we're back again, one less than 24 hours after we did our Super Bowl wrap-up pod for a nice quick hitter here because everything is coming up. Craig Needles this week. How's it going, good sir? Oh, pretty good. It's not often your team wins the Super Bowl and then your hockey team makes a trade that is excellent uh, 48 hours apart, especially when you're used to your hockey team making horrible trades. Yeah, this is a, a, a strange, strange instance for the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and, a, and a trade that was, uh, I mean, not huge by any means, but uh, around these parts, it's going to be talked about for a long time. So we figured we'd get to, we, we, we'd come on and talk about it for, for a few minutes on this pod. We'll just do a mini episode talking about the, the Dion Phaneuf trade that went down today with the Senators where Matt Fratton, Casey Bailey, Ryan Rupert, and defensive prospect Coney Donaghy or Donahue, if you watch uh, 30 Rock, are on their way to the Senators in exchange for Jared Cowan, who's, by the way, going to be your secret, like, tank, healthy guy that you're going to play on defense, who's not very good. Uh, yeah, Colin Greening, Milan McCallick, and Tobias Lindbergh, plus a second-round pick. I mean, the, the biggest thing moving in this deal, obviously, is the money. But the Leafs getting Tobias Lindbergh, that could be something down the line. If you had told me... When I woke up this morning, the Leafs are trading Dion Phaneuf today. I'd have thought to myself, okay, they're likely getting nothing for him and eating some salary. And yeah. if you eat salary with Phaneuf, there's two problems with that. One, it stays on the salary cap all the way until 2021, which is when Phaneuf comes off the cap. Two, you can only have three retained salary transactions at one time. And they've already got Phil Kessel's salary retained until 2022. So... If they do one more that's that long, that really hamstrings them in the future. They want to do another retained salary transaction where they keep some money on the books. That is an issue. So I would have begrudgingly said, yeah, okay, I guess you have to do it. Fast forward to 11 a.m. this morning when we find out Phaneuf has been traded to Ottawa on a nine-player deal. I'm thinking, okay, they must be eating salary here. We find out they're bringing back Jared Callum, which saves the Senators uh, about $4 bucks over the next year of it. Uh, they're bringing back Milan Mahalik, stays the Senators, uh, about $6 million bucks over the next year and a bit. Uh, they've gone back to bringing back Colin Greening, who's been in the AHL. That stays the Senators, what, $3 million bucks over the next year and a bit? And I'm still thinking, okay, they're probably eating salary. When I see the tweet from Pierre Lebrun saying they're not, I just, I was flabbergasted. Just such a great move. Then you find out you get a decent prospect uh, with, with Lindbergh. And Lindbergh is a guy who played for Oshawa in the, uh, in the Memorial Cup, and, and people would have watched that. He's a guy that uh, prospect watchers say have a chance to perhaps be like a, you know, a top nine forward, a second or third line guy. Uh, and, and Mark Hunter apparently is a big fan. You get the second round pick thrown in. It, it just feels like this. Every single time you found out about a detail about this trade from the Leafs perspective, it made it better. Yeah, it was it- – it was pretty ridiculous. Like I remember, because initially the, uh, the the way it went down was uh, Bob McKenzie tweeted out, uh, and up here in Canada, one of our our hockey uh, insiders is is named Bob McKenzie, and Bob isn't one of the TSN guys that is loose with the tweets, right? Like he he no, keeps no, him, if he tweets something, it's legit. Yeah, he he keeps stuff, and that that's what I really like about him. He's he's not one of those guys who just kind of says stuff just to be you know get some retweets and stuff. So he said. Uh, he tweeted something along the lines around around like uh, 10 after 10 or or it was like 10 after 11 or something. He tweeted, 
there's a lot of talk and I'm starting to think that this Dion, like Dion Phaneuf is on the move. And it was like, oh my Lord, uh, Phaneuf is on the move. And then we had to wait like another and 10 minutes before we found out. I thought it was Dallas. Did you I know? I thought it was going to be Dallas. I thought they were going to have to eat some money. I thought they were going to take Alish Hemsky's contract back. I, I was as, uh, that was my guess as to what was going to happen, and I obviously was incorrect. I was I was scared shitless that because I, I started thinking horrible thoughts about uh, my team, the Colorado Avalanche, who have not made great trades and like they've drafted well, but they haven't made great trades or great free agency moves during this particular era of the team. And they're a defenseman short right now. And I was sick to my stomach that they were the ones that were making the Dion Phaneuf trade. And let me tell you something. Like, Phaneuf is not a bad player. We'll get to this a little no. bit later. Phaneuf is not terrible. He was very miscast in the role he's in Toronto. Absolutely. He's, Absolutely. He's clearly not the best defenseman on his team now. That's the significant help. Um, but he was miscast in his role in Toronto. So it wouldn't have been the end of the world. I just, I just look at Colorado's cap sheet here, and I don't know who the least would have been bringing back. My thing would have been like, it, well, I thought they, they would have had to bring back a bad contract. That, that yeah, but like I thought you guys would have been like, oh, Miko Frat, like the Avalanche would have done something stupid, like Miko oh, Frat, and then right, yeah, like, or yeah, or just, random, uh, yeah, yeah, something dumb, um, right? Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think that there would have had to, just based on Colorado's payroll situation, there would have had to have been a contract that came back Toronto's way. Mm-hmm. That was, oh, I guess uh, Alex Tangay's contract the rest of this year would have been one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it, I just felt like. Yeah, it's all hypothetical. But yeah, I, I, my thought process was like the Leafs had to take on a couple of bad deals to get rid of them. I thought that whoever was making this trade with them is going to want to send some shorter term bad deals. And that's exactly what Senators did times three. Yeah, and Fnuff, uh, I mean. He should like if we look at the Senators, he should be able to help them in a playoff run. I mean, he's he's the third best defenseman on this team now, right? Which is where exactly where he needs to be at this point of his career. I think he's the second best defenseman on the team. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could argue. I mean, obviously Eric Carlson's number one. You could argue Fanoff uh, uh, versus Mark Mathot at this point. Yeah, I think and, and Mathot actually pointed this out on Twitter. He had a great Twitter game with Travis Gales one time. Where my thoughts like no, you're like he was talking about the you know the, the fancy stats and he's like no 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 I'm not as good as these numbers are suggesting. <laughs> and Travis was like oh yes you are. Let me explain why you're as good, why you're better than you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty cool. But yeah, my thoughts my thoughts good. But uh, he does get some uh, he does get some value from the number of minutes he plays with Carlson. Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. I mean it is it is. I mean, I just, you could argue Phaneuf in the thought, but I mean, like, Phaneuf is going to be probably on the second line. He's going to be anchoring that second defensive pairing. I assume they put him with, I don't know, Borowiecki or... Uh... Borowiecki or... Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to I never know how to pronounce Borowiecki. Yeah, it'll be Phaneuf and CC. That's what they... Yeah, do. that's the lineup. Phaneuf and Phaneuf CC. It'll be Phaneuf and CC. Obviously, I'm a thought and Carl stay together. And mm-hmm. then, Koch and Borowiecki or Weidman, whichever one happens to be, that'll be... That'll be their their six going forward. That's it's not a great seven. I think Weirkoch is is better than people give him credit for, but I think you yeah. can you can make that work. Yeah, and the fact that you no longer have to give minutes to Jared Cowan. Yes, that's a positive. That is absolutely that's addition by subtraction. Yeah, and in the case of the Leafs, if you're looking to get Austin Matthews, that's subtraction by addition. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely for the Leafs. I mean, they need to embrace. I mean, they're fully embracing the tank, and they've probably got, I probably got one more move before this, uh, 
Yeah, but I, I, they got a few more moves. Uh, Sean Mathias is not going to stick around. So some team's going to pick him up the deadline. Yeah. Uh, Nick Spalling, probably the same thing. P.A. Parento, likely the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been talk about Peter Holland, but apparently Lamorello is uh, loath to give him up, which is fine. Maybe Brad Boys gets moved by the deadline. Who knows? Uh, Roman Polak, I think, has 0% chance of sticking around. Some dumb team is going to be like, yeah, that guy's worth a second-round pick. And, and is... Lamorello and friends are going to laugh all the way to the bank on that one. Is will Leo Com- like you've I, you've got to move Leo Komarov I think. Oh yeah yeah you, I, I think it's smart to sell high on Komarov. Yes. Have the chance. Um, hopefully some team wants to trade for Komarov. Here's the thing: at the deadline, I understand that I'm saying this on a day in which Dion Phaneuf, who is getting paid until 2021, just got traded. But at the deadline, it's hard to move salaries midterm. Doesn't happen a lot, and there's two years left after this season on Komarov. Yeah, that's true. Two years left after this season on Bozak. Uh, there's two years after this season on Lupul, and two years after this season on Van Rietzak. I don't think they want to move Van Rietzak. Um, I think they'd love to move Milan Mahalik. Uh, they got one of the guys they got from Ottawa, but there's a year left on his deal. He goes back goes into next season uh, at four million bucks. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So. Uh, there's some guys I'm sure they would enjoy moving. I just don't think it's going to happen. But if you look at their cap sheet as of 2017, uh, the 2017 season, when that begins, you'll have a year left to Tyler Bozak, a year left to Leah Komarov, two years left to Jake Gardner at a pretty good price, $4 million. And uh, then you'll have the, Nate, the dead Nathan Horton contract, a year left to Joffrey Lupo, and a year left to JVR. That's all you're going to have on the roster. Everything else will be gone. Um, that's, that's pretty damn good. There is not a, uh, any really ugly contract left on the roster right now. That's pretty good. October, 2016, who is wearing the C for the Toronto Maple Leafs when the season starts? Well, I think there's a pretty obvious answer there. You're going to, you're going to go ahead and say his name or are you afraid to jinx it? Uh, well, I, I actually had this very same conversation on, uh, on FM 96 today. Uh, I, I I didn't want to say his name, but the the on air host there did. Yeah, I think it's going to be Stevens. Yeah, I I agree. I I think unless because I mean he can just Stamkos can make so It'll much. Steven Stamkos or no one. Yeah, because that's the thing. Let's say let's say we live in a world where Steven Stamkos doesn't, and I think not like the the way Steve Eiserman is going about his business with Stamkos. He knows he's out, like he's gone. Like I've, Stamkos has probably told him, "I'm going to give 110 for the Lightning this year, but I'm not coming back. I'm not resigning. I don't want to. I don't want like this. I don't, I don't want to play in this city where they don't care about hockey." I don't. I don't think that's what it is at all. I think that it's no. it's a financial thing. Mm. I think that if they gave Stephen Stamkos an 11 million dollar a year contract right now, he would sign it. I think the Lightning don't want to give him that 11 million dollar a year contract because they look up and down the roster, thinking, okay, we've got negotiations with Hedman coming up. We've got, eventually, we're going to have to talk about stuff with Tyler Johnson and Pollard and Kucherov and all these other great players they found a way to assemble, these skilled guys. And I'm thinking that there you might be under the impression that $11 million on one dude is not the way they want to build their team. So I think that that's something they're considering here. I think that if, I, I really do believe that that deal that makes sense for Stamkos is available to the Lightning if they were to offer it. They just don't want to offer it. I see. That's just so foolish. How many times in the I history? Don't know if he is, though. You don't think so? He's the top. 
like how many guys in the league are better than him right now? Like he's at least top five, maybe top three, right? Uh, I think it might be more than two. Um, but like, how many times in the history of hockey have teams just let a top five guy walk in his prime and free agency? Oh, it does. It it, it never happens. It, no. it, it hasn't happened before. But here's the thing: if how, like we've had a salary cap for what ten years. When has there been a situation where a guy, where, where a team has been in this situation with this type of guy, with this type of uh, depth around him that they want to keep? I don't know. I just, I think that if you trust your system and you trust your ability, like look at what the Blackhawks have done over the few years. They won yeah, the first that's, cup. That's the model. Yeah. You, what you, you do what the Blackhawks do, which mm-hmm. is you find like four or five guys that are your guys and then you yes. fill in the holes around them every year. And yeah. that, Produced three Stanley Cups, and that's pretty good. Um, you know what the really messed up thing about this is, from the Lightning perspective? If you want to get on the Lightning, it's not over the standards. You look at Ryan Callahan at 5.8 per year uh, until 2020. What the hell is that contract? Yeah, that's the one. That's a bad deal. Like that's the that's the one blotch I would say on the, on this whole. Uh whole and, thing that's there yeah, it's just uh that's just a really 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 lousy contract and that might that i don't know if it's going to be stancos but that's going to cost them someone it might be johnson it might be Pilot, it might be whoever it is it'll be someone that they're going to have to let go because callahan makes too much damn money yeah i agree i just i mean i i i can't think of any scenario where guys just let a top five player just walk like that. And I realize that there are some ancillary reasons for why it would happen, but I just think it's incredibly stupid. I just, if, if you're running the lightning right now, you let Steven Stamkos go, or do you just try to figure it out? Because the lightning think, have, well, you try to figure it out, yeah. but I think that if he's saying I need 11 million bucks a year, I got to go. I think it's reasonable to say, I don't know. I think, I think you give it to him. I just, I'm, I'm of the mind that like, you're more likely to let that, like, it's more likely that letting a guy like Steven Stamkos walk will come back to haunt you than not letting him walk. Don't you think? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm yeah, I, I think that the way you build your roster in hockey is different than other sports. Uh, I, I understand the argument if they want to do it. Here's the other thing with Stamkos in Toronto and Tampa Bay. Um, if it really is just about dollar figure and dollars and cents of Stamkos, and that's it. if it is, that's fine. The off the field money. Or off yeah. the ice money. Yeah. yeah, the off ice money is obviously in Toronto way, 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 yes. way more than it's ever going to be in Tampa. Absolutely. And that's something that basically Toronto has things that they can offer that Tampa Bay cannot. Yeah, they, they, he'd be making that LeBron James type money if he's in uh, Toronto just on deals and endorsements alone. And, you know, he'd be at the, you know, he'd be getting Reebok deals and God knows what else. He'd be at Gretzky's every night, right? <laughs> or what was that one place yeah. that's attached to the ACC? Um, real sports. Real sports. That's it. Yeah, he'd be making that real sports money, I guess, for if if he goes to. Uh, but yeah, all the off ice money he can make in Toronto is is beyond anything. He'd never have to pay for anything. He'd be living there for free, most likely. I just, I mean, I I'd never let him walk. That would that would be me. I'd I'd try to figure out everything. I'd pay him his money and then figure out everything else. And, and the thing with the lightning is they've been drafting. Well, it's not like they've had a bad draft over the last, Oh no. Years, right. So they, they've been one of the better drafting teams. Yeah. I would just trust that. I'm like, guys, if we do this and we happen to lose a couple of guys, I trust you to 
to be like next man up, right? Like that's the way they, that that's the way the Blackhawks have done, right? Because everybody thought, oh, you know, they lost Bufflin and they lost these guys, they're gonna fall apart. Nope, they, you know, next man up. And then it was, oh, they lost Eric Bull or they lost Bull and they lost this guy, and they're like, nope, next man up, and they just churn over the roster, and it's it's. And, yeah, and Tampa core, Bay, right? I think, is smart enough to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. And the core of Taves, Kane, Hosa have always been there. Ebrook yeah. and Heath and Jalmerson has just been the same all the time. And you just figure out the other guys besides those six players. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it would be foolish. But man, what a great trade by the Leafs today! I saw that when the, I was like, this is a good trade. And then I found out that they were retaining any salary, and I'm like, well, that just gave it a violent shove into a, an excellent trade. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's great. And there's going to be a lot more changes coming soon. I look at, you know, let's say the team, the Leafs are in the playoffs in 2018, the 2018 playoffs of two years. That would be my guess, possible. yeah. Especially if they get Stan Coast. Yeah, if they get Stan Look at the guys that are on, on the team right now. And other than Kadri, Gardner, and Riley, of the guys that are playing right now, I don't think there's anyone who I'm certain they're going to be keeping long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, every, everyone else, and you look at the roster and the cap sheet, and you, you can see it, everyone else is pretty expendable. And you can tell based on the fact that their contract is very long. I just, I just feel like I, 2018, the 18-19 season is the time when I think you might see the least make, especially if they sign Stamkos, because then they got Marner coming up. They got, well, if they sign Stamkos, it obviously accelerates things. But yeah. Makes- you have Marner and Nylander. Marlon and Nylander coming up. You've already got Riley there. I mean, you assume they're going to probably find a way to re-sign Kadri. They're going to get whatever the hell they get because I think they're going to trade Leo Komarov for something. They got I think, yeah, I think that they, if they get the right offer, they're going to trade Komarov, and they should do that. I just I, th- I worry that the teams that are going to want to make that move are probably looking at next year's salary cap already and being like, oh, man, we're up against it. Yeah, and they don't know if they got want to want to add three million bucks to Leo Komarov, and that's that's going to be the hindrance on that jail. If Leo Komarov was an expiring contract right now, we'd be talking about all right, a first oh, round pick yeah, pick. yeah, first round pick would be great. Um, but he's not. So even if it was two years, you get like if if it, yeah. if if he came off the books after next year, he would be at least a second for Leo Komarov, right? Rapner's like, another guy. I think they might be able to move. Um, I talked about Matthias. I think Spalling will be able to get a little something. I don't know if they're going to trade all of these guys because they need someone to play out the string. But I think a lot, a lot of them might be uh, might be on the move here. And if you can get like second, third round picks for whatever, let's get the Leafs collection of draft picks. They have two firsts this year, so you can bring make the playoffs, which they probably will. Uh, they have two seconds next year. Uh, they have a, a two thirds this year, two fifths this year, two sixths this year. And and those numbers are only going to improve. Those numbers are only going to uh, going to be increased. So there's there's a lot in the cupboard drafted wise. It's good. It's a good it's a good time to be a Leafs fan right now. Good and day. It, it, day and look how long the team is on the ice, and they're you know, but that doesn't matter. In fact, that's only helping the situation. So. Uh, yeah, and the, and the Leafs fans this year who are normally um, some of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. Uh, foolhardy. Sure, that's a reasonable, uh, reasonable, uh, th- without getting too nasty. I can say you're usually pretty, pretty foolhardy fans. Uh, they've been rather calm this year, as far as at least from my perspective, anyway. I could be wrong as far as 
just anticipating well, I, a I tank, that, right? Yeah, and, and remember the the argument for years in Toronto from the ownership and from Brian Burke and whoever was, well, fans in Toronto don't want to rebuild enough patient up for a rebuild they want to win right now. Well, fans in Toronto seem to be fine with the rebuild. Uh, yeah. People seem to be pretty cool with the way things have gone for the last little bit here, so... Well, just uh, yeah, just especially I just I thought they'd be a little more upset or not. I don't know. Upset's not the word, but I thought they'd be a little more like, like a bit like caged animals because of you know the Burke era and the you know the Kessel trade and Burke had this five year plan that ended up only going for like two and a half years before it fell apart, right? Yeah, and uh, and then for. He says to be like, well, we were promised a five-year plan, and now it's year four of that, and we made the playoffs once, and it unfortunately ended horribly, and now you're asking us to go through another rebuild. Like, I, but I mean, it, like, I have to give credit where credits due, and and we haven't, it hasn't been as bad on, you know, like the fan and whatnot these days with this, as far as the. No, I think people are chilling. Out. And here's the other thing about uh, police situation. The Raptors are really good, and the Blue Jays are coming off a trip to the ALC. Yeah, that's that's taking. I think I think that has a factor in uh, in mm-hmm. some of the fan angle. So. That's true, because usually the Raptors are kind not of a distraction. Not yet, or not as well. You know, they're a distraction for the first little bit, but once you get past the All Star break, and if the Raptors aren't really looking, I mean, they're looking fantastic this year. They could. I'm I might go so far as to predict that they make the Eastern Conference Finals once we see how the. I think uh, that they are the seeds. They are the fifth best team. Uh, yeah, oh, I I think so, but I mean, once the seed, I gotta wait and see which way the seeds break. Because if you guys sure. end up getting Atlanta, I don't yeah, know. Atlanta wouldn't be. I, I don't it, think that's gonna happen. Though, no, I don't, I don't think it will too, yeah, unless something drastic happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I do don't think that does have a, that does have an impact. Absolutely. On uh, on on the psyche of the fan base that the other team that plays out of that building. Well. I don't know how, how what they're going to be able to add between now and the deadline. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they can add between now and the deadline because it's just exciting to see. Okay, what uh, what what type of deals can they get from for some of these guys? Like what what kind of pieces can they add? I don't think that you're going to um, that there's a lot of first round picks that you're going to be able to get out of this particular group. We're not going to get a deal like we got with Cody France in the Nashville last week, last season, which was awesome. Um, maybe Komarov. I don't think Bozak's going to be getting a first round pick from anybody, but yeah, there's uh, there's some stuff here to be excited about. I think. I think so. Well, the Denver Broncos just won a were a uh, Super Bowl. The Toronto Blue Jays made the American League Championship Series this year. Probably should have. Man, if Game Two just went our way, that's a completely different series. Gosh. Yeah. If we had Brett Cecil in that game, too, that's a different series. Jays probably win that series. Possibly. Well, at least that game. At, yeah, at least – I think they win at least game two, and then they're heading back to Toronto with a split, and unfortunately it didn't go down like that. And, uh, I mean, your Leafs just made a fantastic trade and look like they're on the right track, and the uh, Toronto Raptors, man, they're they're going to be a doozy at the, at the – probably at the worst, right? Yeah. Maybe. So everything's coming up Craig Needles, man. I need, yeah, it's I need been some, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was with you, I mean, because I'm a Jays fan too, so I was listening for the Jays stuff, and my Avalanche are desperately hanging on to a playoff spot right now, and, you know, my Lions are always the Lions, but uh, it looks like the Celtics are going to be a three seed inexplicably, and then uh, you sit there and you go, hey, the Celtics are a three seed, and they're probably going to add a top three pick. 
I just look at those Brooklyn picks and I'm just like, oh, so good. Uh, The the Raptors have uh, the Raptors have a potentially top ten pick coming coming their way this year too. Yeah, with the Knicks all of a sudden, uh, Carmelo Anthony who reinvented himself a little bit this year. Is there something like Owen sixteen or Owen seventeen with him not in the lineup this year? Something like that. Yeah, he's he's a little banged up. The Knicks lost again tonight against Washington. Although Joe Johnson, they get, they get whoever, yeah, and yeah, against uh, Joe Johnson had that shot. Against had that shot. Oh god, that made me. Uh, they get whoever's pick is worse out of the Knicks in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of fantasizing to think to yourself, "Hey, wait a minute, is there a chance that both those teams finish in the bottom ten? Yeah, could happen. Yeah, could easily happen. So, well, Craig, thanks for answering the uh, bat signal or or the the Maple Leaf signal, if you will, for uh, for this particular one. Uh, We'll get you back on NHL trade deadlines coming up. We'll probably get you back on for that one, which will mark the one year anniversary of the crossover podcast. So, uh, times. yeah, very exciting. We'll, we'll have to do, uh, come, I'll have to come up with something special for that one. So, uh, when we see you again, it'll be, we'll be talking a little more NHL. So, uh, good luck to your Leafs at the deadline and yeah, sell, congrats. sell, 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 sell. And, uh, let's go. Uh, uh, Avalanche guys, listen, I know you're listening. Anybody running the Avalanche, scoot closer, scoot closer, listen. Don't trade for bad contracts. Just don't do it. You can't handle it. Like we do, we just we don't have it. Don't have it this year. Don't trade something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the standings now. I don't know. Like it's uh, don't buy your own hype. Like this is not a playoff team. <laughs> just may not. I don't know. It's a, they're in a tough division. Obviously, probably the toughest. Yeah. I mean, I thought that they were gonna make the. I I didn't think they were gonna make the playoffs. They're still just a terrible puck possession team, and they're getting it done with high percentage shooting and the fact that Varlamov is quietly, I think, a top five goaltender in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, he's, he's all right. Yeah. Uh, now, if they're in the Pacific Division, they'd be in a real sweet spot. God, yeah, but unfortunately, they're they in the horrible, horrible Central Division. <laughs> no. uh, and, and Minnesota's been struggling lately, obviously. Yeah. They're going to be back on eventually. Yeah, I would like to get the revenge series against the, the Minnesota Wild sometime. But uh, that's probably for another year. Craig Needles, take care, good sir. And we'll, we'll see you when the uh, NHL trade deadline is up. Talk to you then. Later.